question. Yes, we were more psychic in those times, but we were we were in communication with master teachers, but we were more like children where they were our guardians and they were telling us what to do and we did it. And so we had not developed our free will to the same amount that we have now. And in order to become a conscious creator, we do need to develop this quality of free will and also to develop the mental aspect to learn higher aspects of concentration and focus. We are in the physical, the astral, the causal and the spiritual realms right now. And if I'm going to have a, a not such nice thought about something, then, you know, duh, my frequency lowers and I'm in the lower astral. And if I'm going to have like a compassionate happy thought, then my frequency raises. So it, yeah, that's a really important point that people realize that it is happening moment to moment. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow, I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing to be with you all again. Well, today we're going to delve into the Davic kingdom and the elemental world with the glorious and delicious Tannis Halliwell back on the show. Welcome, Tannis. Hello, Karen. Boy, I loved your introduction. It makes me sound edible. <laughs> you, are, you are edible, darling. You are, you are amazing. Well, Tannis has been on the show a few times, I think three times. So this will be the fourth time. We've discussed a few of your books. I think the last time we had you on the show, we discussed Good Morning, Henry, which I think is an important book about the body elemental or the body intelligence. But you've got a new book out, which is fascinating. I read it last night. Absolutely fascinating called The Leprechaun Story, as told to her, Lloyd has told to Tannis Halliwell. <laughs> I'm not doing really well today. Oh, you're not. <laughs> this will teach you for getting up at three o'clock in the morning. I was telling, I was telling Tannis that I was reading the book last night and I went to bed and fell asleep early. And then they got me up at three o'clock in the morning. I didn't realize, you know, I'm wandering around the house thinking, why am I awake at three o'clock in the morning? And then around four, I thought, I think I need to finish the book. So I finished the book. <laughs> but it's a fascinating book all about the Davic kingdom or the elemental world. Is that how you say it, Tannis? The Davic yes, kingdom? I would I would say actually the elemental world and world of nature spirits probably rather than Davic. Just my terminology. Yeah. So the, what, what does the word Davic mean? The Davas, the Divas, the Davas. Well, when I think of the devas, I think of the oldest ancestors for the nature spirits, for the elementals. Um, I think of the Tuatha Dodanan. I think of 
not not just the individual nature spirits that I speak to most often, but the devas are mountain devas, forest devas. They do whole ranges. So they're more um, a higher range, I'd say, probably more like angels. Yeah. Well, look, I've got a lot of questions because the book, you know, posed a lot of questions as I was reading it. Uh, that I'd love to discuss with you today. But let me tell people who haven't seen Tannis before on the show a little bit about you. Uh, Tannis Halliwell has seen and heard elementals, angels and master teachers in other dimensions since she was a child. She's the author of many books, an inspirational speaker, presenting at many conferences around the world. Tannis was a faculty member of the Banff, Banff Centre of Leadership for over 20 years and has taught and trained in the corporate world and been a consultant in business and universities, medical organizations, and even government. And in 2000, you founded the International Institute of Transformation, which offers programs to assist individuals in becoming conscious creators, working with spiritual laws that govern our world. So, so the books include Good Morning, Henry, an in-depth journey into the body's intelligence that we talked about last time on the show, Higher Beings of Hawaii Encounters with Mystical Ancestors, Hybrids, So You Think You're Human, <laughs> I love that, <laughs> Summer with the Leprechauns, A True Story, Pilgrimage with the Leprechauns, A True Story of a Mystical Tour of Ireland, Decoding Your Destiny, Keys to Humanity's Spiritual Transformation, Manifest Your Soul's Purpose, which was the book that you showed me before. Do you want to bring it up? Because I put this dandelion behind my head thinking that represented the sort of elemental world. And she said, look what I've just done. I've got a new cover for my book, Manifest Your Soul's Purpose. Isn't that hilarious? With the orange dandelion with the sun behind it. And you've got a, po a book of poems, Embrace Your Love. And you they've been translated into like eight eight languages. Your website is tannisheliwell.com. So let's get into the leprechaun story as told by Lloyd to Tannis Heliwell. Do you want to tell us how it started? It is in the book, you know, what happened. You were on, you were on holiday in Ireland? I was. So if folks are asking themselves, who the heck is Lloyd? He is my leprechaun friend that I met about three decades ago and he asked me to write all about elementals nature spirits and uh, how they wanted to work with humans to co-create a better world and he said but we want to have you write that book in 10 years so it didn't come out until about 1998 called Summer with the Leprechauns, a true story. And that was my first introduction to Lloyd. And since then, we've written together, I think it is, four books, including this one. Only the difference with this one, Karen, is that I am not in it. In the other books, I'm in it, he's in it, we're going about adventures together, and... Um, I'm the stupid one. He is the bright one always. But in this one, it is his autobiography. So I get about four pages at the front just to introduce the book. And then he takes over. So it really is written by Lloyd. 
I know tennis emailed me and I think you said something about, I want to tell Lloyd's story. You know, can we do another show? And I'm like, who's Lloyd? (laughs) 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 Who are you talking about? So now I know. Now Now you know. (laughs) What, What is your relationship? Have you had, was it, it doesn't say it in this book, maybe it says it in the others, but have you sat down and discussed your relationship, like your spiritual agreement, your relationship with you and Lloyd, you being human, him being a leprechaun? Were you a leprechaun before? Has he ever been human? Like what's going on? I have never been a leprechaun, even though people look at me and say, hmm, I wonder. Um, and he has never been human. And what is our relationship? Oh, Gosh, Um, have you ever heard of anyone called Rudolf Steiner? Okay, well, Rudolf Steiner met Lloyd when Lloyd was only a young'un, and Lloyd was looking for a purpose in life, and Rudolf Steiner convinced him that he should work with um, other elementals to create a group that would want to work with humans. And they would stay in the elemental world so they wouldn't go into human world so that they'd always stay elemental, but they would develop free will. So after Steiner died, uh, because elementals and especially Lloyd get to live much longer than humans, there was a kind of a vacant time when Lloyd didn't have any human to work with until I went and three decades ago, uh, moved into a holiday cottage, which turned out to be occupied by Lloyd. So I was hijacked to become the new human partner for Lloyd. Actually, I'm making light of it, but it really is an honor to uh, to have been chosen for this because what he believes in and what I believe in are so similar in that how do we co-create with the nature world to create a more beautiful, peaceful, and healthy world? You know, you've, you've touched on some questions that I've got written down about the length of t- we live as humans and they live in that world which I want to get into, but let's get into the Davic kingdom or the elemental world, because in the book, it talks about the frequency of that world and, and how in the past we used to like see them as physical beings and live with them, cohabitate with this, these nature spirits and leprechauns and elves and fairies. So I identified a few people that you talk about in the book. You've got goblins, trolls, fairies, elves, water, earth, air, and fire elementals. And then we've spoken about the body elementals. Is there any other ones that that are not mentioned there? And of course, leprechauns. (laughs) Oh, yeah, let's not forget that. Um, um, All over the world, uh, First Nations people have traditions of little people. Mm -hmm. In fact, in uh, New Zealand, they call them the children of the mist. Mm. And in Germany, they call them kabouters. The idea of these 
elementals or nature spirits um, just being unique to Ireland. I mean, it doesn't happen. And they can also travel in space and time. So unlike us that are still humans that are landbound on the three-dimensional reality, they live in a little higher frequency. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're going. And we also will be able to travel in space and time. So for example, Lloyd could come like that and visit you, Karen. And it sounds like maybe he did around three o'clock in the morning <laughs> when you woke up and couldn't sleep this morning. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like it. <laughs> so they're living in a fourth dimension. Is, is that what's happening? You could, yes, the astral world, um, the lower astral world has many different worlds within it. Mm -hmm. So you've got like the dragon world, the mer people world, the elemental world. And as soon as we become conscious in the astral world, which is where we're going in this 2000 years, um, then we also will become telepathic mm -hmm. and be able to travel in space and time and go visit all of these um, worlds. And for people who are more clairvoyant currently, um, this is possible right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in, in our history, we were in a different density and then we've over the last, I don't know, a few thousand years, we've lowered into a lower part of the third density and we, and that world has disappeared to our five senses and now yeah. we're moving back into acclimating to that density but they must be evolving their world must be evolving as well as our world is evolving because yes. i remember in the book it talked about in the atlantean times we had access to these beings physically but we weren't at the same level that we are now in our evolution, even though we were more advanced in many ways and more psychic and telepathic in many ways, but there was something different about the evolution of where we are now. Like it's a different level of evolution. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. Um, that's a great question. Yes. We were more psychic in those times, but we were, we were in communication with master teachers, but we were more like children where they were our guardians and they were telling us what to do and we did it. And so we had not developed our free will to the same amount that we have now. And in order to become a conscious creator, we do need to develop this quality of free will and also to develop the mental aspect, to um, learn higher aspects of concentration and focus. Because if we're going to manifest anything, we have to have focus and concentration. And that's where we're going as well. Yeah. And I think that it, it speaks about the book. I've written some of this down. What have I got? written down uh, it speaks about in the book um their journey yeah this is a quote from the book thousands of years ago elementals who had developed the strongest will as you talked about started to incarnate into human evolution 
They are now the hybrids, which you've written about and we've spoken about on the show before, part elemental and part human, because elementals are ahead of humans in the arts of dancing, painting, poetry, acting, singing and making crafts. These elemental hybrids have helped you, humans, to develop the arts and created a more beautiful, uh, more beauty in your human realm. The creator hoped that if humans had more beauty in their world, they would want to go that way and not down the road of destruction. <laughs> Did that work? I don't know if that worked. But, but also you, it speaks about how their evolution is that they are an emotional world and but they don't have that sort of connection to the causal realm of free will or thought where thoughts are created. Mm -hmm. Do you want to explain that a bit more? Yes, and they are developing that. And that's one of the reasons they want to work with humans, because we have this much more developed than they do. If they work with us, then they become more like us. And if we work with them, we develop um, more creativity and a more playful, spontaneous nature and also elementals, they don't question what they're supposed to be doing. They feel and know the will of the creator and they are aligned to that. Right. And we've developed our free will, but we've gotten sidetracked a little bit away from alignment to the spiritual purpose for us all on this beautiful planet. Yeah. Another thing um, I'd like to discuss with you, it says in the book that Pan is the Jesus of the elemental world. Who is Pan and how is he the Jesus of the elemental world? <laughs> they would call him the great Pan, the great God Pan. What we know of Pan is that his religion, if you like, started in a just before Greek times. And the first notice about him was in, in ancient Thrace. And um, what used to be like Yugoslavia, Hungary, that whole area, and then came into Greece. And when the Greeks talked about Pan, they talked about him always playing the flute. And how he was quite an old, uh, quite an old belly and not so attractive human being, but women loved him and uh, musicians loved him and he was very playful and animals loved him. And that same image of Pan, which has come into that part of the world, is the same as Cocapelli in the American Southwest that same being. So this is a mythical being and um, an evolution that is evolving here on the earth that has evolved in, I say um, that, that this particular being has evolved in Capricorn. And sometimes when we see Pan, we see him with cloven hooves. Yeah. And in our the Christians wanted to get rid of Pan and cast him as Lucifer, as Satan. 
with the cloven hooves. And what was that? It was, we've got to get rid of the old nature spirit tradition and just make it like this. But actually, he, for the elementals, is the Christ of the elemental world. Well, that's fascinating, especially what you said about the Christians making him like the devil. Because, yeah, I, I mean, when Christianity really took over, they really demonized all pagan sort of thoughts and beliefs, and which included um, talking to elementals and, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? And now it's all coming back. Thanks to you, Tannis. <laughs> well, I think we're all doing our bit. I mean, you're doing you're doing your bit by wanting to uh, have me on the show. So um, I think everyone who loves the earth ultimately comes to love the beings who create the beautiful earth because right. they are elementals of earth and air and fire and water and our yeah. body elementals, so nothing happens without them <laughs> create and maintain it maintain the status quo the the homeostasis of it so we went into a little bit about time like how long we live and um it talks um lloyd talks about in the book you know you humans have such short little lives such short little lives compared to them and I think I wrote down that like trolls live can live for thousands of years. And uh, do you want to talk about how long they live for and why do they have longer lives than we do? Um, well, elves, elves have longer lives than we do. A lot of it depends on how highly evolved they are in their own evolution and uh, and in the astral world and when we go to the astral world when we relinquish the, our attachment to this physical body and this this reality um we also um live way longer much longer lives so we don't have the deterioration that happens in this very heavy frequency that we are currently living in and we know from the bible um if you read the earlier um parts the old testament that people did live for hundreds of years mm. at that time it's 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 spoken of mm. Mm. because people were more aligned to um spirit and also it was a much earlier time. It wasn't just 2000 BC, um, the time of Moses, but it went back way further than that. The Old Testaments, thousands of years. And I think, too, because life in this three dimensional experience uh, with the uh, availability of the range of emotions that we have available to us is difficult and maybe you know, living a shorter life um, is easier to have a shorter life than to like live for hundreds or even thousands of years coping with our stressful thoughts and negative emotions. As you said, we were more aligned back then. Maybe we didn't have as much to worry about. I don't know. And uh, and and free will gives us that choice to like choose fear or choose love. And a lot of us choose fear a lot of the time. That can be exhausting and makes you sick, right? And people die young, 
you know, my mum died at 50. She had a lot of fear and a lot of worry and a lot of resentment and bang, she was out at 50. Mm. Mm. Talk about death and dying. They were talking about the way that they die is that they fade. Yeah. Fading is how an elemental dies. Yeah. And then it said fear of death creates illness in your human life they talked about. You want to talk uh-huh. about their the, the way that they transition out of their experience because we talk about it as an astral experience, but in their experience, it is a physical experience, like their yeah. flesh and blood, they wear clothes, they eat. Yeah. They have an exchange of, you know, money, exchange worth and like their experience is as real as our experience. It's just in a oh, different yes. frequency. So how do they transition out of that? They don't like, unless they have an accident and get run over or something, they fade. The difference between humans and elementals and the dying process is we cling to what we think is our physical life and mm-hmm. that this is us. Mm-hmm. This, this is us. And so it's a clinging to the ego, really. The ego, the personality in this life has this. Um, I, I'm going to die. When I physically die, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm gone. And they don't want that. So for the elementals who are aligned to spirit, they know that a rose is a bud then it's a full bloom, then it is past its best, and then the petals start to fall off. And we we come from spring into summer into fall and winter, and they're aligned to this cycle. And so they don't fear the cycle. They are part of the cycle. It's interesting we'd even be talking about this because I'm creating a program for the fall called Freedom from Fear. And I have a whole unit on the fear of death and dying because this is our number one fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I was chatting to my mob, my guides years ago, about what I was going to address in this lifetime. Like, what is the thing that causes the most stress in this world? I think was the question I asked them. It was a while ago. And they said, your concept of death causes the most stress in this world. You, you humans get so upset about death. And so if you can address that, yeah, that fear of death that, yeah, and, and, and the death process, which we've done a lot. I've written a couple of books about it and we have these conversations a lot. It's so interesting that it's come up in this book where we're talking about leprechauns, a leprechaun story, Lloyd's story, and we're addressing things like death and how they don't fear death because they understand they're eternal. Yeah. Universal laws versus elemental laws. What is the difference between elemental law and universal law or is it all one thing? Like what are the laws that govern the elemental world and how are they different from physical laws or our physical laws? Every evolution has its own specific talents and gifts and rules. So for elementals, they're more amoral than immoral. But sometimes humans 
um, would see them and the way they act as immoral. So for example, Lloyd, my leprechaun friend, loves to play tricks on other um, other elementals and his goblin friend, um, who I talk about uh, in the book, also loves to play tricks. And they kind of have games where they one up each other about who can come up with the best trick. Now, we look at this and we might say, whoa, this, you know, if I don't know if I want anyone playing a trick on me. And why is it? Well, first of all, we want to be in control. Humans want to be in control all the time. And so, and we have trouble laughing at ourselves. And I love the Irish sense of humor because it's a little black, you know? And uh, and so you can laugh when things go wrong. And I think it's because of leprechauns in Ireland that they've given Irish people this uh, sense of humor. And I think we have to lighten up and laugh more at ourselves, at the world, at the situation um, of, of the world, rather than always feeling the heaviness and the responsibility about it. Are there leprechauns in other parts of the world? Are they just called a different name? Maybe they're called gnomes or? Yeah, they would probably be called gnomes or kabouters or something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 Just in Ireland, they have that sort of Irish flavor with the hat and the belts and so <laughs> their clothes. And yeah. what exactly is a goblin? Like, what's a goblin? Well, Mick Jagger is a good example of a human hybrid go goblin. <laughs> Mick Jagger, really? Really? Why yeah. Mick Jagger? What, what, what is it about him well, goblinish? Well, um, they're a different kind of, uh, of elemental. Mm -hmm. They usually are slender. In the elemental world, they maybe have longer arms, slender arms, and slender feet. They are incredible gymnasts. You would find um, goblins being circus performers and being clowns. Um, they, um, I'm trying to think of the Hollywood actor, Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. Jim Carrey and how he can contort his face into all these different positions. And he evidently, I watched a documentary on him. And when he does a part, he has a hard time separating himself. Oh, interesting. And uh, yeah, and he stays in character for the entire movie when he's not even on screen. Yeah. Um, and this is... The goblin cat is the best mimic of the elemental world. And they like to make fun of you. I have um, a goblin friend who has been a longtime student of mine, and he does Tannis better than Tannis does Tannis. <laughs> and, and whenever I see him, I say, hey, could you do Tannis? And then he shows me what I have to work on next in my own evolution. <laughs> he shows me my stuck place. Isn't that wonderful? 
but not everybody wants to see their stuck place. No, not everybody wants to see their stuck place. <laughs> they definitely don't. And yet, and yet it's shown to us all, you know, 365 <laughs> degrees of mirrors. <laughs> our stuck place is in our face all the time. And that's what we're uh, resisting or pushing against or arguing at mm, our stuck place. So goblins, leprechauns, fairies, elves, elementals, they're just different species of creatures that live in another realm do they have uh -huh. any specific purpose they have attributes as you said there's mischievous mimics uh, sense of humor i guess it's like asking if humans have a purpose i'm trying to wrap my head around my own question do they have a purpose uh -huh. yeah sure their purpose is to manifest the gift of their particular race mm -hmm. So um, except for Lloyd and the group to which Lloyd belongs, because they're a bit of um, uh, an eccentric outcast group where they didn't want to be just a leprechaun making shoes or just a goblin uh, tripping up humans. They were interested in banding together to work with humans as a group. And um, so this is a, this only happened with Rudolf Steiner that that was created. Before that, it was a goblin's a goblin, a leprechaun's a leprechaun, and you don't go crossing them. But now even we have mixed marriages. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and this wouldn't have happened before either. So there you go. Which is part of the evolution of their world where they're integrating. And, uh, yeah, I guess we humans have done that too. Like we've mixed different um, different ethnicities and, yeah, I love that. It creates. So when you have mixed marriages in the elemental world, you're creating a new species, I suppose, a new, uh, how's that work? Well, it's sort of like the way it it works in our own world. If you take a black person and a white person and you mm -hmm. put them together, you have a mulatto uh, person, lovely coffee colored person. And um, so in a way you get qualities and characteristics of both races. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, is Lloyd happy with his book, the way that you've written it? Have oh, you is he happy? Is he happy? <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. He is overjoyed that it's come out and it's getting lots of reviews on Amazon. So he's right. very happy about this. And even in Australia, because I know you're Australian, um, you have a magazine um, called Nexus. Yes. A new mm -hmm. magazine. And Duncan Rhodes, um, who is the editor publisher of it, um, has asked me for the first chapter that they're putting out, I believe, um, in May June. Ah, in yeah, Nexus has been around for a while. It might have a new, it might have a new publisher, but the magazine's been around for, yeah, over twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's exciting. So, yeah. what what was his purpose of telling his story rather than? 
just speaking like you did in the other books about the, the world itself. Why did he want to tell his story, Lloyd? Why does anybody write their autobiography? I think he felt that um, that it was kind of a culmination. He's now in late middle age, or you could say early old age, and he's at the same stage we go through of reviewing our life. Yeah, and um, and he wanted to review it, and he also wanted um, humans to see the elemental world purely through an elemental's eyes. Mm, beautiful. Not, not as a novel, not as fiction. Um, and as far as I know, Karen, that is the only book that I have ever seen that was written from the denizen, by the denizen of another nation that wasn't sci-fi. Mm -hmm. I suppose to many people, you know, speaking about this stuff is fiction in their mind. It's mythical, it's <gasps> fiction, it's not real. But um, if we can imagine it, we can create it, right? Like thought creates reality. So there are so many vast realities available. Uh, you know, there's just, it's like the vastness of reality is, is mind boggling. Because if you can think it, it can, it can be manifest and more than creating it through thought often thought is just that connection to that reality um if you're thinking about a dead loved one you're instantly connected to them if you're thinking about elves and fairies you're instantly connected to that world and your imagination or your um thoughts about that is like being channeled to you from that world in many ways like we call imagination fiction but it is just tapping into another experience, another dimension. Yeah, and it's great that you mentioned uh, talking to a dead one because um, dead ones, <laughs> we tend to think of as dead ones, our parents or grandparents, actually are in the astral realm. Yeah. And, and, and when humans are in that realm, they are telepathic, just yeah. like mentors are. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the telepathy, actually, because what, what does he say? Uh, what have I written down here? Are they all telepathic? Is everyone in that realm telepathic? Because it's yes. not, but that's not the only way they communicate because they obviously speak to each other through voice and language, right? Or is it all yeah. telepathy? It, it's telepathy. And people say to me, well, you know, how, how do you hear them? And, and I hear it as words, uh -huh. but it's instantaneous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It takes me a while to get it all down because it's like quick. It's quicker than, than using the sound waves that we use in order to speak and to hear. Telepathy is instantaneous, but it can be translated into dialogue in order to bring it down to this reality. But in the book, you've written it in a way as if he was speaking it with his Irish lilt. Yeah, that's the way I hear it. That's the way you hear it. So they are speaking to each other in a language, maybe not English. Yeah, they, they are. Well, that's another good point. Is it English? Well, no, sometimes it's Gaelic. Right. It's Gaelic. 
But once again, when you're in the other reality, in the astral world, you don't have a problem with understanding German or Italian or some other language. It's telepathic. Yeah. We know exactly what that person is saying. Yeah. I wrote down an excerpt from the book, because elementals are telepathic, this is Lloyd speaking, it is very difficult for one of us to hold a secret from the rest. Sure, maybe for a short time, but it will slip out. Humans, on the other hand, can get away with shameless behavior their entire short lives and no one finds them out. M out. <laughs> You've written M out. Finds them out. I think that's funny. Yeah. So they can't get away with lying. Whereas we can get away with lying for a whole lifetime, for lifetimes. <laughs> Cause, cause... Well, as as we know, there are some politicians who, <laughs> who... <laughs> however, what is so interesting is that we're at the time in human evolution where even in our own short lifetime, quite often people's lies are being uncovered. Mm, absolutely and isn't that and you see this is because we are moving into astral reality and what what maybe a hundred years ago no you wouldn't have known now Mm. you find out yeah it's the great uncovering the great reveal we're in the time of the great reveal but not only revealing the lies and the corruption but the revealing the hidden worlds which is what we're talking about like we're revealing our telepathic um, powers, our psychic powers. We're revealing hidden worlds, hidden ancient history, other civilizations in the cosmos that, you know, lies and corruption. It's all up. It's all up for review. <laughs> it's all up for review. It's a fascinating time. So I'm going to read an expert excerpt from the book uh, about, about their world, about their astral world and sleeping and death. It says, when you sleep, You go to an astral world, the same place where you go to after death. The human astral world is only a whisper away from our elemental astral world. And some of you cross over into our realm and enjoy our world. So this is when we're sleeping, at least for a time of your sleep. However, most of you forget your dreams and don't remember our time together. When elementals sleep, We go to a higher astral realm where other evolutions exist or even the causal realms where thoughts come from. Most of us are uh, as unconscious of beings in these higher realms as humans are unconscious when they come to the astral world where we are or um, other evolutions live. Evolution continues in all realms and you don't die when the physical body dies, which we've discussed. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. There's so much in this book. Uh, Lloyd goes into a lot of his hand fasting, you know, finding a partner and his life, which is interesting. I know that word, hand fasting from out Outlander. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, it's a Gaelic term. <laughs> Do you want to explain to people what it means for people that don't know what hand fasting is? Oh, well, hand fasting is our equivalent of marriage. Um, yeah, yeah. I think in the series Outlander, you hand fast before you get married. So it's like 
being engaged, like you make a promise to somebody, you're hand-fasted. But in the book, it's hand-fasting is, yeah, the equivalent of marriage. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share about the book, Tannis? I think, you know, it's just what I love about it is it's a wonderful balance of humor and humorous story and meeting all these characters. So it reads like a novel, entertainment, and yet Lloyd is able, amidst the humor and the story and the characters, to teach us. And um, and I think that that's beautiful rather than writing um, down a lecture. This is this is Lloyd's lecture to humans. And um, and I love that balance. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I've always said that the best way of teaching is to teach through stories, which is what I do on the show. I tell people stories. Well, well they tell their stories and I quiz them. But yeah, because as our human mind has, or mind does anyway, has a, a way of remembering a story. Whereas often, I remember I read um, Wayne Dyer's books, you know, many of them. And it wasn't until I read the story of how he forgave his father, how he searched for his father, and he didn't know his father, and he searched for him as a, as a younger man. And, and I mean, that story, I remember that verbatim. Could I remember anything else in his books? Because there were a lot of do this, don't do that. You know, it was a lot of instruction. Could I remember any of it? No. <laughs> Could I remember the story of him finding his father and forgiving his father? Yes, every word. Yeah. And the lesson in that. And how he said once he let go of that resentment that he'd held for 30 years, hating a man he never knew, then his whole life transformed and he started writing and channeling and then he became this amazing writer and and then eventually a spiritual teacher. So, yeah, do I remember that? Absolutely. So it's the stories that, you know, when we wrap wisdom into a story, that's the way our human minds can, I, I think, can remember. Yeah, I agree. And I think it it takes you up into this emotional body, into this astral, whereas when we're getting lectured at, you know, we're just having to stop at the head. And right. it's so often disconnected. Um, my nonfiction books, of which this is one of them, Manifest Your Soul's Purpose. <laughs> my nonfiction books, what I try to do is write stories within it. Mm -hmm. People's experiences or my experiences. So it's funny. It's sort of like when it's one of Lloyd's books, one of his four books, it's like it's a story, but it has lessons. And then when I write these nonfiction books, it's like, well, I'm I'm writing a nonfiction book, but oh, it's got stories, you know. So I like this combination of linking the head and the heart for how do we live down here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a beautiful book. I really enjoyed reading it. The Irish Lilt was fun um, because the way I read books is I actually get my computer to read it to me because I'm a much better listener than I am reader. So my computer voice had the Irish Lilt, which was really interesting. 
<laughs> and how do you do that, Karen? Because I don't know. What do you do it on Kindle and then it talks to you? How do you do well, that? Well, that's another way of doing it. But no, I mean, all Mac, Apple Macs have a, a speech, a text to speech program. I mean, AI is exploding at the moment. And wow. um, there are many programs that do text to speech. I mean, when originally when they came out, their voices were very robotic. But to me, it just sounds sort of like a, a almost human voice. Yeah. And I'm not sure about Lloyd wanting a female voice. <laughs> I know. I mean, he's a guy. Look at this. He's definitely a guy. <laughs> Actually, that's something in the book that he speaks about. He speaks about uh, the folklore of leprechauns have been basically seen as as men, like the women yeah. have not had a big voice or even been depicted through our folklore. Why is that? Because they, they seem to be quieter. Why are the women leprechauns quieter? I think it is more of a traditional society. And women 100 years ago in Western society used to take a back seat and it would be the men who were having the meetings, the men who were writing the books, the men who were expressing ideas. And um, so as you know, in the book, there's a whole chapter called the Lass's Tale. And it's all about how she's become emancipated um, and uh, how she's helping other leprechaun lasses in the village uh, become emancipated too. So. Um, so it's a little bit back from from where we are currently, but it's catching up. Yeah, it's catching up. They're evolving like we're evolving. Yep, we're all going there. We're all we're all evolving. <laughs> so, what do you see the future for humans and the Davic realm or the elemental realm? How do you see us dovetailing and? communicating in the future like when I say future well you can go as far as you like you can go 10 years 20 years 50 years 100 years what do you see happening oh we're going to be co-creators together and we're all going to be in the astral world so there will be no problem as well uh, to this happening because we're going to be in the same realm conscious astral realm would you call the astral realm the fourth or the fifth dimension yes yeah, the lower the lower astral I would call the fourth, and perhaps the higher astral, which is where all the angels are, mm -hmm. um, and master teachers who are trying to get through to us, um, then those would be more the higher astral realm. And and currently humans have to go through the lower before they get to the higher. And in many ways, the lower astral are the hell realms that we have always heard about because that's where all of our thought forms and negative frequencies went to anger and lust and greed and blah, blah. So we've got to transmute our old thought forms that are in that lower astral realm so we can get to the higher realm, which is what people think of when they think of the Aquarian age, the enlightened human. Oh, we're going to talk to the angels. Well, yes, yes, yes. However, purify, purify. <laughs> well, I mean, all that's available right here, right now to talk to angels and communicate yeah. with 
elementals and to work with the elemental frequencies and you know i'm doing it you're doing it many of us are doing it throughout the planet so we're already living in that realm but and yet, and yet and yet we're experiencing you know the third dimension all around us it's like we're in a little bubble <laughs> and we're experiencing this yeah i'm so, really glad that you brought this point up because like simultaneously we are in the physical, the astral, the causal, and the spiritual realm. Spirit, you know, right now. And if I want, if I'm going to have a, a a not such nice thought about something, then you know, duh, my frequency lowers, and I'm in the lower astral. And if I'm going to have like a compassionate, happy thought, then my frequency raises. So. So, it, yeah, that's a really important point that people realize that it is happening moment to moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, moment to moment. Absolutely. So just getting back to before we finish, them being less deliberate creators than we are. And then they are moving into um, their evolution is moving into having more free will like we do. How is that going to work? Because it is that free will that we've experienced as humans that has created all the density and trauma because we have the ability to choose uh, the service to self as opposed to the service to other timeline or experience, you know, the selfish experience. So how does it work with them? Because they do experience anger and frustration they have negative emotions where they live I mean how does all that work Tannis oh boy <laughs> that's a really difficult question well first of all they were granted a dispensation by the beings that oversee both elemental and human evolution to do this so it is aligned to spirit so we can't ever second guess spirit and its intentions so this must be a good thing as far as spirit is concerned and I think one of the things that will come out of it is that we will have met our match humans tend to be haha mm, I'm the big one here right and and if they have free will, it, we won't be lording it over them. And uh, they will be equal partners. I remember chatting with Garnet Schulhauser, and he was meeting some mythical creatures with his spirit guide, Albert, um, part of his mission on Earth to reveal many dimensions and truths through his books. And he was speaking to, I can't remember, it might have been a leprechaun, it might have been a fairy, but some aspect of the elemental world. And they were saying, as we've discussed, that we used to commune and live together as physical beings. And then when humans became too violent, they didn't want to be a part of our world. And so they faded away like they, they. I guess we, we decreased in our density when we became more violent and selfish. Um, but they didn't want to commune, be in that same world. Although we do live in the same space, but we're separate, together but separate. It's interesting, isn't it? Because they mm -hmm. they live in on this world, right? And yet we yeah. can't, for the most part, see them. 
we can't see all the dead people around us. We can't <laughs> see all the angels, right? Yeah. Yeah. As Hamlet, as Hamlet said, there's more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Yeah. I guess we can't see the radio waves and the microwaves and the um, computer waves and the, and we can't see all of that either. And yet we're marinating in it, swimming in it with, you know, the, you and I are having this conversation because we're connected through this energy that's like simultaneously, like you're in Canada and I'm in Australia and we're talking in now time. It's amazing really, isn't it? How this works. Yeah, it is. And um it, we're in transition and we need the technology currently. However, it is transition. Mm -hmm. So in their realm, obviously, they don't have any sort of electronic technology. Do they have electric lights? I mean, for their well, houses? I've never, I've never asked them that actual question. So I can't say definitively the answer to it. Um. But I'm imagining that given they can change their clothes and create a house and just thinking about what they want, that they probably have a lighting situation in control. Right, <laughs> but yeah. I've never asked them. I've never asked them and I've never seen technology. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Interesting. Well, there's so much to think about. There's so much to think about. And reading this book, you know, just poses more questions really I think it did for me anyway um, as to the reality of these other experiences that we can tap into yeah it's been beautiful to chat with you again today Tanis have you got anything else you'd like to share with people I just love speaking with you because you're such an optimistic joyful person and no I've I've just really enjoyed our chat again Thank you for being on the show. It's been, it's always a pleasure and beautiful to chat with you. And yeah, you've blown my mind once again. Uh, I, I feel like I want to go and read the other books that Lloyd wrote through you because they probably, they probably explain many of the questions that I've been asking, right? Some yeah. books. Yeah, some of them. Yeah. Thanks. thanks again for being on the show, Dennis. Oh, thanks, Karen. I always love talking with Tannis. The two of us just had the biggest conversation about life, love, and the universe after I turned off the recording because I was showing her some technical skills about how to, you know, get your computer to talk to you, the way I read books, and we got into all sorts of things. We started talking about chat GPT and the way the explosion of AI and technology and where it's going and is it a good thing for humanity or is it is it going to crush people's creativity and you know, as we spoke about in the show about how the, the Davic realm or the elemental realm um, inspires creativity and dance and art and all that sort of stuff. And with the new AI that's coming out, you just press a button and does it all for you, you know, write a book for me, make a painting for me, make a picture for me. Yeah, just make a cartoon. Like it's like AI is all doing it for you without you having to think. Is it is it squashing our creativity? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Anyway, we were debating that. I should have had the recording going. And then we were talking about getting older and old age and the mindset about old age. And I think she said that she's running a course on one of the courses that she was talking about death and getting older, the mindset of getting older. I was telling her that I saw a 
thing about um, Clint Eastwood recently. I don't know where I saw it. I see so many things. Anyway, and it, and he's in his 90s now, I think. And somebody was interviewing him and said um, he's he's directing another movie and doing all this stuff in his 90s. You know, how do you keep so active and on the ball and doing all this stuff in your 90s? And he said, when I wake up in the morning, I don't let the old man in. And I thought, I love that. That's my mantra. That's my mantra. When I wake up in the morning, I don't let the old woman in. Because, you know, turning 60 last year, I've had thoughts of, am I past it? Do I let the young ones take it over? Should I stop doing this? You know, I've had these old age thoughts. And then Tannis and I were talking about, because as we spoke about in the show, how the elementals live for sometimes hundreds of years. So if you live for 100 or 200 or 300 years, then at 50 and 60, you're, 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 you're an adolescent. You're not even a teenager. <laughs> Think about that. And as humanity is evolving, we're getting healthier, we're living longer. So yes, centarians will be the norm and not the, um, and, and not the unusual soon to come. And we will live into our hundreds and we are getting younger. I think we are getting younger. I was looking at a man online, which I forgot to discuss with Tannis, actually. He was a guy called Dr. George King, I think was his name. And he was a yoga expert and he died in the 90s, in 1997. And I was watching him this morning before I came online. And, and there was a video of him. He was English and he was on the BBC. And it was, uh, when was it? In the 70s or anyway, it was black and white. And they had their fabulous, very, very upper class English accent. And the man asked him how old he was. And I'm looking at him, I'm thinking, yeah, he's probably mid 50s, 60s. And he said, oh, I've just turned 40. And he looked so old. <laughs> and I think to myself, right, yeah, we're getting younger. We're definitely getting younger. He looked older than me at 40 than I do now. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. And you look at movies in the 60s, in the 50s and 40s. And people in their 20s looked around 40. I don't know if it's because of how they dressed, but, yeah, movies like The Birds and things like that. You see those actors in the, the movies in their suits and, yeah, we're, get, we're definitely getting younger. Times are a-changing. Anyway, I'm raving on. I loved that conversation with Tannis. She's got so much to share with the world, honestly. She's such an amazing woman, such an amazing woman that she was telling me that she's had a difficult period because she's been going through some health things and, um, yeah, thoughts herself around ageing. Don't let the old man in. Don't let the old woman in. Wake up in the morning and don't let the old person in, in your thoughts. Anyway, uh, who's coming up in the inner sanctum? Kevin Briggs, one of my favourites. Kevin Briggs is a ET here on earth he lives a very normal he's one of the most normal human people but he's one of the most extraordinary people I've ever met with his connection to his spirit guides and his galactic guides who are physical and appear to him physically and take him up on ships and it wasn't until about five years ago he's in his late 60s now I think so he's in his 60s where his guides said to him okay you've got to write about your experiences but he, he led a life in the UK as a policeman and then retired in Florida and did some real estate stuff. You know, he loves he loves being human. He has the experience of leaving his physical body and traveling through the astral worlds and hanging out with his dead relatives. And they said to him, stay, stay. Somebody said to him, stay, stay. 
stay and play with us and don't go back to your physical body. And he said, no, I'm really enjoying being human. <laughs> He's like one of the only people that I've ever known that has remembered being on the other side, you know, meshed in, in love, like marinating in love and, and bliss and said, no, no, I want to go back to the third dimension. I'm really having a good time. <laughs> Most people are like, no, I don't want to go back. Anyway, he's our guest in the Inner Sanctum next month. So if you want to meet Kevin and quiz him, he's been a guest a few times. Just adore him. He will be there. So join up and you can join us on Zoom. All right, I'm going to go and uh, pat the cap. <laughs> Have a cup of tea. Big love to all of you. Thanks again for listening and watching and sharing the shows. Share, share, share. I'm going to stop saying that. I'm getting over saying that. But leaving a comment and pressing the like button and subscribing and sharing the shows and really makes a difference. It gets these conversations out there. Tannis and I had a long discussion about that too. We had such a great conversation after the recording went off, just talking about different things. But I'll get her on. She'll be back on again, I'm sure. She's just delightful. Remember to check out the book Awaken by Death if you haven't already, and I'll catch you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>